Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to our series on Disney's Peter Pan. Today we're moving on to the sequel, 2002's Return to Neverland. Stanford Clark is back for this one, as the original Peter Pan was one of his favorite movies growing up, so I was really curious to see how he would feel about this one, which came out almost 50 years after the original. One thing we didn't talk about when we recorded, mostly because I hadn't discovered it yet, but this movie was very loosely based on the final chapter from the original Peter Pan story by J.M. Barrie. The final chapter, When Wendy Grew Up, was actually added to the book while after it was first published, but is now included in pretty much every reprinting since. Apparently this chapter is only occasionally used in production of the play, and I'm not sure how often it's used for film adaptations. I, don't, I can't really think of any right off the top of my head. But either way, it was enough to provide a premise for this film, even if they took it off in their own direction. So, when did you first watch this one? I went and saw it in the theater in 2002 when it came out. Oh, okay. But with a grudge, because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be perfectly clear. Knowing... <laughs> That this was made by, you know, the TV animation group. And also, like, did Peter Pan really need a sequel? That's how I feel about most of the ones that we call the director video ones. Even though this one did go to theaters. It's like, yeah. most of these did not need to exist. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the, the I, that's the perfect way to say it. I, I will say, though, that this is probably on the better end of the spectrum compared yeah. to some. The production values on this one were higher. I thought the animation quality was better. Mm -hmm. And the and... story felt a little more natural than like Bambi 2, where they had oh. to just invent a thing right. that happened before he grew up. Yeah. Like Cinderella 2, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, what? That one might be the worst one, actually. What in the world? <laughs> and Bambi 2 is one where... It absolutely did not need to exist, but they did the best that they could, and it's one of the better ones too. It, even yeah. though it's it's a weird movie, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> but I really, overall, you know, have a problem with these direct video sequels or cheapquels. You know, yeah, uh, just that they were money grab. I mean, I've heard from friends that with with children in particular, they say that. It's fun for the kids to have another adventure with these characters that they love, you know. Mm -hmm. But it just seems unfortunate that they aren't often just aren't good. And no, uh, they they feel like that they were like, well, the big boss wants another one. What yeah. can we do? What can we do? This kind just of throw some ideas together quickly. Yeah. Uh, so the concept of this one is kind of interesting, you know. I think the way that they put it together but there's wow there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of other stuff to unpack on this one <laughs> yeah yeah well i guess we can first talk about the cast which is obviously a completely different cast although from what i read they actually recorded the entire movie with Catherine beaumont reprising her role as wendy and then replaced her which i was mad about when i read that i was like yeah. why on earth would you do that why would you do that I wonder if there was some contractual things or something, but well, the, the thing that I read said that they just replaced her because her voice sounded too old. But like Catherine Beaumont, still uh, not recently, but at the time, she was doing both Alice and Wendy in shows like House of Mouse and Kingdom Hearts, the video game series. So if she is not too old to literally reprise the character as a kid, 
why did they think she was too old sounding for this movie? That is messed up. Yeah. I was annoyed when I read that. Oh, with cause that's, that's, that's frustrating. I think that Corey Burton, who is multi-talented, you know, very talented. Yeah. I thought he really captured. Yes. Captain Hook. He nailed the character. Yeah. You, if I had, if I hadn't known, I would have thought that it was the same guy. Yeah. He, he does an excellent job. And they had Jeff Bennett as Smee. Yeah, and he's he, he was close. Too. He was close. close. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but he was closer than I expected. Right, and I was glad that they tried at least to capture that voice sound rather than having just going a different route or just yeah. making some somebody completely different. That that worked for me, and I thought that the anim you know the the animation was pretty good, and you know in this one that they. Mm-hmm. Seem to spend a little bit, a little bit more money on it, and that it looked pretty good. I mean, no, nowhere near as beautiful as the original, but of course. But you, when you compare it to some of the other cheap quills, it, you know, it looks a little better. Yeah, and maybe that's why they decided, you know, to put it in theaters, or maybe that was already, you know, the goal. I think, I think it might have been the goal. I think this one was planned to be the first sequel to go to a theater. To go to the theater, because up until this point, they had just been direct to video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also have Blaine Weaver as Peter Pan, who I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> he sounded fine, but I didn't think he sounded the same. No. Like, I didn't think he was a perfect replacement. I didn't think he was a perfect replacement either. It was just, it, it could have been anybody, you know? Probably, yeah. And you have Harriet Owen as Jane, who is Wendy's daughter. And of course, she's not in the original movie, so there's no comparison for her she sounded right. fine too she was yeah she was a decent she, sounding character she was perfectly fine yeah and most of the other people i don't think i recognized anybody yeah else. i didn't yeah. either andrew andrew mcdonough as daniel don't know who he is roger reese as the father who is not a big character he's at the beginning and end one that did stand out like i'm not too familiar with them spencer breslin played yeah. cubby Yes. He, he went on to do other things, too. He was a child star at the time. Yes, and I believe he is related to Abigail Breslin. I think yes. he's her brother. Yes, and I'm more familiar with her because Signs is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, and she, she, she was such a talented oh, child she's, she's an amazing child actor. Yeah, oh, so good. Although I did read that Spencer Breslin was nominated for an award for his performance in this movie. And I was like, of all the characters, what? <laughs> <laughs> like why Cubby in this movie? That's weird. It's a, it's, it said he was nominated for the 2003 Young Artist Award as best performance in a voiceover role at the 24th Young Artist Awards. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to laugh. <laughs> it's just like, it must not have been a crowded field in yeah, 2003. Yeah, random. Although it says he was nominated, so he didn't win. He didn't win. So maybe they just needed a couple extra people to throw in to the pool. You know, it sure didn't seem like a standout, but really, to me, the only standout was Captain Hook. You know, it was Corey Burton as Captain Hook. Yeah, most of the other people, well, I didn't, I wouldn't know their names to begin with, but yeah. they didn't have anything that really stood out to me as a great performance. They were just, yeah. they did what they needed to do. Although we did also have Frank Welker in here. He's a yes. voice actor. He did the octopus. And also Nana 2. <laughs> this, Nana I, 2. Like, it didn't say Nana 2, but like 
as soon as she made a noise, I was like, that's Frank Welker. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. <laughs> he just, there's something about his animal noises. I can just tell when it's he Frank Welker. You can tell all this Frank Welker. <laughs> you know, I initially rolled my eyes with Nana too. Um, Me too. <laughs> but my cute nephew, when he was young, he had a dog named Shadow. And something happened to Shadow. And I think either Shadow got sick or they, it just wasn't a good match for the family or something, you know? So Shadow went to another home and then they got another dog, which was, it worked out great. And his name was Shadow Two, <laughs> Roman numeral two. <laughs> and they just called him Shadow, but I remember that was on his tag, you know, Shadow Two. <laughs> yeah. So I rolled my eyes with Nana too, but then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, the, my first reaction was like, really? You couldn't think yeah. of something more original. Something but more it original. It is something that some people do do. Yeah. Although I still would have liked an original name, you know, or yeah. just a different, or just a, kind of a different dog you know, yeah type of dog. but anyway and i should i should also mention we we talked about Catherine beaumont getting replaced she was replaced by kath suchi who's another big voice actress like nothing against her of course because she she's fine in this role and yeah. she's a really good voice actress so yeah and she's done a ton done a work right I mean, yeah she's yeah she's done so many things so she's good in this role i just wish it would have been Catherine beaumont I do too. Only because again linked it to the to the original, you know, yeah. in, in yeah. a nice way. But maybe you know, Catherine Baumart can feel grateful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, this movie starts in a way that is like so of the time, and it's uh, one of the big problems that I have with a lot of these direct-to-video sequels. They do not sound like they belong as a sequel to the original just because of the music this, this starts with a very 2000s sounding rendition of second star to the right yeah it's just instantly i rolled my eyes when i was like oh dear it instantly dates the movie yeah and i had forgotten i mean because i only saw it the one time in the theater and then i was more just like please never let me see this movie again <laughs> You know, but I was happy we watched it because it's been a long time. <laughs> so yeah. it's okay. It's been you know, <laughs> 21 years. <laughs> and I think overall, that's one of the issues I have with this movie. Because again, I know it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the TV studio and they're have a different sensibility and a different audience, kind of a different purpose. But I, as you said, it, it immediately dates it. And it also just feels out of place because all the songs are more or most of the songs are more modern, you know, or more poppy. Yes. The, uh, it's the, the same thing happened with Bambi too. <laughs> okay. It just felt, it just felt wrong because yeah. like the, the original has a specific sound and this mm -hmm. does not feel like it belongs with the original based on the music alone. Yeah. Because like with Bambi, it was like this, I don't remember the group's name, but like, there was a specific sound to the quality of the music and Bambi too was like very country. I think Alison Krauss even did. One oh, of the songs you in know the what? I think I remember that. Yeah. Okay. And I haven't watched it yet, but I know Fox and the Hound did the same thing when they did a sequel. I think Reba, Reba McIntyre did some of the music. She's like even a voice in the, like, it's just, it, I don't know why they feel the need to wow. modernize it so much. Yeah. It just, it feels weird. Mm-hmm. So this movie takes place decades after the first movie. Wendy is grown up. 
She's married someone named Edward, and they have two kids, Jane and Danny, and a, and a dog named Nana too. <laughs> <laughs> and Edward has to leave to fight in World War Two, which I kind of liked the setting because it Me made too. sense with the the era that the first one was from, and moving it up a few years made sense to set this in World War Two and have the initial conflict in the family revolve around that. Yeah. I just wish they could have done it better. <laughs> right. Same. Her daughter, Jane, is the main protagonist here. Of course, growing up too quickly because London is being torn apart by World War II. Mm-hmm. And she is rejecting the stories of Peter Pan. But her little brother hasn't. And like I hadn't seen this movie before now, watching it for the podcast. And I was like... I was waiting for Danny to go to Neverland too, because like that would be so great for him. <laughs> and then I then he didn't get to go, and I was like, "What? I <laughs> Why?" The kid, kid really would enjoy it, <laughs> or to have kind of a sibling adventure, you know? Yeah, to improve their relationship. But yeah, yeah. But I really liked how Wendy was using the stories of Peter Pan to distract Danny from the war happening outside while they're in the bunker. I did too. I thought that I thought that that worked. Yeah, you know that that was that was that was smart. It was the perfect excuse for the stories because like there's bombs happening, so she tells right. them they're cannonballs. Like, like, like having to go to the bomb shelter and yeah. scare everybody's scared to death, hiding from the pirates instead of the Nazis. Yeah, instead of the Nazis, yeah. And I thought it worked, and, and it brought a level of believability i mean i don't know would right, be the right word yeah. but just yeah it just it uh it felt real yeah it felt real and then they tie this into the thing that actually happened with kids being evacuated to the countryside for their safety wendy tells jane and danny that they have to go and this leads to a big fight and another very stereotypic sounding melodramatic early 2000s ballad about no such thing as faith and trust in pixie dust. Oh, that's where I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm hurrying for it. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting, though. The song sounded so familiar to me. Like, I have never seen this movie, but it sounded so familiar, but also completely unfamiliar at the same time. And then it played again over the credits, and I suddenly had an epiphany. And I pulled out my phone and did, you know, the app Shazam. Oh, yeah. So, so I used that on it. And I it was Shazam a song, all the time. <laughs> it was a song called I'll Try. And I realized this song was on an album I had. Were you, are you familiar with the Disney Mania series from the oh, early absolutely. 2000s? Yes. They had this on one of the Disney Mania albums. Oh. It was somebody else did it. I don't remember who it was, but it wasn't the same artist. It wasn't the same artist as in the, it was on the the film yeah so that's why it sounded very familiar but also completely unfamiliar because the lyrics when i got a better listen to the lyrics i was like this sounds i know i've heard this before (laughs) (laughs) yeah at the time when i was a teenager i was obsessed with the disney mania series like every time one came out i was like i've got to get the next one (laughs) those are great i wish they still made them i do too I always like Disney cover albums. I, I I was always I was trying to collect them, and they now they kind of don't do them anymore, as far as I know. Yeah. So, anyways, Jane cries herself to sleep, and then in the middle of the night, Captain Hook arrives on a flying pirate ship and kidnaps her, mistaking her for Wendy. 
I was like, why does he have the pirate ship and why is it still flying? Because <laughs> like the pixie dust isn't permanent. Like when they when they used the pixie dust in the first movie, it wore off after a time. Like they needed to reapply. So <laughs> I was confused as to why the pirate ship was flying. Me too. Because Tinkerbell's not there. Yeah. He doesn't have a, a pixie. Well, as far as we know, maybe he's got pixies below below decks. Right. <laughs> chained like, chain to the hole. Know, Tinkerbell's <laughs> friends are like. <laughs> <laughs> that whole con, yeah, that whole concept was weird. I mean, again, it seemed like, okay, this is how they're going to propel this story forward. I mean, and the flying pirate ship didn't look horrible. They, I think they were using a lot of CGI. Yes, there was a lot of CGI mixed with 2D in this scene. Yeah. And, and it was it, it was terrible. fine. I, I can't criticize it too hard because there's a bunch of movies that I like from this time period that do it worse. Yeah. <laughs> so I exactly. can't criticize this one too much. because It was just more like, I don't get the flying pirate ship. And then also, yeah. though, and once the pirate ship starts going, it's really a weird way that they go back to Neverland. Or... This, this is why I'm... I'm sure that it's supposed to be another dimension because they like go through this kaleidoscope portal. Yeah. Like it's not exactly the same. It's like, like the world of Tron, you know? And you're just like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Uh, like I it's fine. Like I like the idea. It's just weird. They access it like by going through the middle of Big Ben. Oh, did they? I must yeah. have missed that. Maybe like I was the, writing some notes and I missed it. If I'm the not mistaken, the partnership like goes right through Big Ben and it's not like they break the glass or anything. It's just that's when the kaleidoscope starts. And I think okay. ultimately the kaleidoscope ends with the second star to the right. You know, the other two stars. <laughs> like, well, maybe Captain Hook has in between films accessed some sort of interdimensional portal technology and he can now open kaleidoscope <laughs> portals, taking them between London exactly. and Neverland. You know, <laughs> stuff can change. Are they, are they, maybe it's more efficient. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't, I don't want to like be too critical. It just, it seemed like such a drastic change. Yeah. Anyway. Of all, of all the changes though, this is the the least, <laughs> the least egregious. Yes. Yes. And yes. <laughs> so apparently their plan is to take Jane back to Neverland and feed her to an octopus <laughs> in order to lure Peter to his death. I mean, I'm just shaking my head. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The crocodile is no longer. Uh, yeah, I was like, why? They should at least explain that because there's like one line later on about oh, I just got rid of the crocodile and now I've got this thing chasing yeah. me, something like that. This crazy octopus. Yeah, because you have, of course, Peter comes in, saves Jane, and Tinkerbell uses her pixie dust to pull the octopus out of the water and drop it onto Hook. And it tries to eat him, gets a taste for him, and now he's the new crocodile. Yes. Because he also thinks that Hook is delicious the and Hook to finish him like... off. <laughs> Apparently Hook just tastes really good. Yeah, Hook, you know, wow. <laughs> he's got something going on. The, uh, the, the big orange octopus, I just didn't love, didn't love anything about it. I didn't really love its design either. I like octopuses. I think they're a cool animal, but this mm -hmm. one just seemed kind of dopey. Yeah, yeah, it really did. So Jane reveals that she is actually Wendy's daughter, and then she and Peter and Tinkerbell fly across Neverland. You get a look at 
various locales from the first movie, like yes. Skull Rock, the Indian Village, who I assume the Indians have been cut to down to this basically barely counts as a cameo scene yeah it's yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> due to their characterization yeah. from the first film like oh we can't do that again as minimal uh, yeah as a cameo as possible and they also visit the mermaids and i at first when the the movie first start like up until this point i was assuming that tinkerbell was the new tinkerbell like she's like sweet and friendly and loving but here you find out she hasn't really changed because the mermaids even though they're not trying to murder jane this time they're just trying to dump water on her yeah. tinkerbell seems excited to witness any misfortune befalling her <laughs> <laughs> yes and so she's upset when peter pan saves her from getting dunked and shoves wendy <laughs> I don't know if she's trying to murder her at this point, or not Wendy, Jane. Jane. I'm, I'm probably going to do that more than once. I know, I will, I with you. <laughs> she, she shoves her off of Peter, and they just laugh at her as she's falling. He saves her, of course, and you get the point that he hasn't changed either, because he defends Tinkerbell, saying, oh, she's just jealous. All girls get like that around me. So he's just as narcissistic as ever. Yep. And they end up at the hideout, which, unless they've moved to a different tree, still seems to be the same. Maybe they just have a different entrance from the first movie. Because you even see the fish that I was talking about in the other episode, yes. the ones that are above them, which yeah. I thought it was cool that they kept that detail. Yeah. It was interesting because there was some real attention to detail and then some really, like, some real wild departures. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, I'm like, this movie does not need to exist. But there were some things in this movie that I did enjoy. The The details in the artwork were some of that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Peter tells the Lost Boys that Jane is to be their new mother. And this is news to her, of course, and she refuses. <laughs> Again, Peter has not changed a whole lot. Yeah. And then you get more Looney Tunes-style antics in this movie with the pirates as well. Because you have... Smee giving Captain Hook a massage. This is where the octopus comes back and you get a line about, no sooner did I rid myself of the crocodile than another beast comes to take its place. Yeah. I'm just like, what happened there? I want to know what happened with the crocodile. Did he finally wise up and shoot it? <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. That that whole scene seemed weird to me, too. I mean, again, appreciate what they're trying to do, but mm. just, yeah, I don't know, it didn't work. For me, but but then none of them really did. <laughs> so. <laughs> so with Jane, she does not want to be here at all. She decides she's going to sail away and builds herself a raft, which of course sinks. And Peter tells her the only way out is to fly, and he wants Tinkerbell to sprinkle her with pixie dust, but she refuses. Until Peter tells her that Jane is just going to have to stay there forever if she can't fly. <laughs> so then she <laughs> eagerly douses her in pixie dust. Like, please, get this woman out of here. <laughs> there were some moments like that that did crack me up. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. And, and quote, this does not work for her, though, which leads to her leaving a wily Coyote-style hole in the ground <laughs> as she tries to fly. <laughs> What? Which was weird. It was weird. It was like normally, like in the first movie, the Looney Tunes stuff was kind of just given to the pirates. But 
now it's one of the main characters just yeah. leaving a leaving a everybody gets it yeah she does lots of stuff of the lost boys you know so, yeah yeah and the lost boys they're like i don't know if, it's almost like they were being bullies i don't think that they were meant to be doing that but it seemed very bullying behavior Bully-ish. Notebook, yeah. and then cubby eating the notebook for some reason yeah and jane of course is furious at all this and says that she doesn't believe in any of this because i think she thinks that all this is a dream and she says she especially doesn't believe in fairies which apparently mortally wounds tinkerbell leaving her flightless and near death right that that so they really played on this one that because of jane's disbelief in tinkerbell that's killing tinkerbell right i mm-hmm. mean she's like she's dying yeah in fact she does die really doesn't she or almost or she's just like if she does if she doesn't die she's extremely close yeah towards the end yeah because it seems like she finds her body at one point but then we're getting ahead of ourselves but then (laughs) (laughs) my bad no that's fine so when all of this is happening apparently the pirates have been watching this and hook devises a plan to trick jane so after she marches off into the woods alone, he follows her and then starts sobbing uncontrollably nearby so that she'll overhear. And Jane finds him and he tells her that all he wants to go do is go home to his dear sweet mother. And he pulls out his pocket watch, which has a picture of his mother in it. But it's clearly just Captain Hook in drag. <laughs> <laughs> and like she she falls for this but i'm also thinking like he's the one who kidnapped her so she should be thinking about that in the, ah. the that like obviously he's lying because he's the one who brought you to this place i just can't just shake my head <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so he tells her that all he needs to do is get some treasure back that peter pan stole and if she helps him he'll give her a ride back to london with him and he gives her this little whistle that she can signal him with when she finds the treasure, and then yeah. he leaves her to it. So Jane goes back to Peter and asks to play a game of treasure hunt. And then this led to probably my least favorite part of the movie. There was this insipid song about all these gross things that the lost boys do, yeah. like eating pudding from a trough and rolling in the dirt, and refusing to change their shirt, even though not a single one of them wears shirts. They all wear animal onesies. They wear these animal... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is the these dumbest song. <laughs> I think they were trying to go for a following the leader vibe. I do too. I think that was the, that was the kind of like the goal or whatever, or the inspiration, but wow, I thought it really fell flat. Yeah. No, it was a significant downgrade from following the leader. (laughs) So they're all doing this ostensibly to apologize to Jane because the treasure hunt was her idea. So they're going along with this to basically say they're sorry for what they did earlier. But they also never tell her about Tinkerbell. And they are also trying to get her to believe in fairies again. But with... But since they don't tell her about all this, it just seems like they're doing this to, I don't know, it seems like almost like they're lying to her. Yeah. <laughs> to get does. her to believe in fairies. It seems yeah. dishonest the way they're going about this. I agree. But Jane eventually finds the treasure and then changes her mind and gets rid of the whistle. And the, the Lost Boys and Peter Pan come in and make her the very first lost girl 
and give her a fox hat because apparently that's what makes you a lost boy or a lost girl is an animal pelt. <laughs> so did they kill these animals or what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> oh dear. And as they're celebrating the finding of the treasure, one of the lost boys finds the whistle that she threw away, blows on yep. it, and alerts the pirates who arrive instantly like they were teleported there. The speed <laughs> the pirates arrive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They just they've just been hanging out there for the whole movie. And Captain Hook reveals that Jane was his accomplice and she protests, saying that he promised that no one would get hurt. And then this is like my absolute favorite thing in this whole movie. <laughs> he says that no, he actually said he wouldn't hurt a single hair on Peter Pan's head. And then he rips one hair out of his head and he says, This is the one I won't harm. <laughs> I about died laughing. I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> So Jane tries to tell Peter that this is all a misunderstanding, but he yells at her for lying and blames her for Tinkerbell's fading light. And for some reason, Captain Hook takes everyone back to the ship with him except Jane. I don't know why he decides to leave her there. Yeah, exactly. But of course, up until this point, she had no idea about Tinkerbell. So she runs back to the hideout. And this is where she finds her potentially dead. She's just lying lifeless with no no light glowing out of her and then you have the the same melancholy ballad from earlier playing except the words have now slightly changed to saying that she finally believes and tinkerbell wakes up thank goodness you know i i felt like they you know again we're trying to use that same thing from the play and a little bit in the first one I don't know, but almost to an extreme, because it's just like, just because one person in proximity doesn't believe like, that'll kill her? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was a plot point. Yeah. It's just one of those things that the plot needed something to happen, so it happened. Yeah, yep, exactly. So, back at the pirates, the pirates are planning to keel haul Peter and have him tied to an anchor. And I had to look up what keel hauling was, because I'd heard the term, but I didn't know what it was. Uh, it was apparently a form of torture performed by tying a sailor up, and tossing them overboard, and dragging them behind the ship. You know, thanks for that clarification, because I just, yeah, thank you. And I appreciate that, because <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. I was like, okay, is he, are they just going to attach him to the keel? I mean, what's going what's to happen? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I had to look it up, because I, I'd heard the term, probably yeah. from Peter Pan. Yeah, but I didn't know what it was. There was there was also a potentially questionable joke here. I I don't know if this is. I don't know what they were going for with this joke because it sounds like one of the pirates is either doing a Tito from Oliver and Company impression or just a straight up Cheech Marin impression, and says that Peter Pan is like a pinata. <laughs> I was like, what? I didn't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, at first time I was, my thought was, did he just say that? <laughs> yeah. With the Mexican accent. Yeah. I was like, this is that was just a weird joke. 
it's a weird joke and again just kind of like what this whole movie is the stuff is just not consistent and just kind of you know all over the place yeah yeah i i actually when that happened i was like what and i paused and i was like Searching the internet is Cheech Marin in this movie. Yeah, it's like that's the only it. thing I could think of. Is like what what point this joke would have is to have Cheech Marin have a cameo in this movie, but I don't think he did. I think somebody was just like, let's do a somebody joke about pinata channeling. with somebody yeah. doing a Mexican voice. I don't know. It was weird. Right. Yeah, it was weird. And again, to me, totally out of place. Yeah. But apparently the pirates changed their mind about the keel hauling thing because they cut him down and are going to have him walk the plank instead, although still tied to the anchor. And then there's another good joke here that I actually really liked, where Peter Pan tells the Lost Boys to be brave and not let the pirates see them cry. And then they all go around to the other side of the mast out of view and start sobbing. And then they're just <laughs> bawling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And at this point, Jane and Tinkerbell arrive, and this leads to another Looney Tunes-style sequence where the Lost Boys are free and they start chasing everybody all over the ship. And uh, maybe I missed something, but, like, Tinkerbell is trying to get a key from Captain Hook. But what was the key for? I Did I miss yeah. something? I don't know yeah. what the key was for. <laughs> I think by that point, I was just like... I. I really don't know what's going on, and I just wish this movie would end. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but it was not clear what what no. the point of the key was. I was yeah. so confused, and it could have been that I was just kind of checking out. Maybe I missed something. Yeah, ditto. And during all this time, Captain Hook seems like he has very ample time to kill Jane, because like there's the whole thing similar to the first movie with up like up in the sails of the ship. And then she reveals that she can fly, even though, like, he had her, like, at, at sword point for so long, she should have flown away long before yeah, this. right. <laughs> I think they were just waiting. They wanted some a dramatic thing to happen, so that's why they did it that way. But it made yeah. no sense. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, agreed. Kind of like the whole movie. If, yeah. <laughs> and then Peter uses the anchor to sink the ship, which wakes up the octopus, which who now just wants to indiscriminately eat all the pirates and chases them all out to sea. Yeah. It's like, forget Captain Hook. He's like, get greedy. <laughs> <laughs> then they all fly back to London. And at, at this point, this, this made me think of something that I didn't think of with the first movie, even though I should have. It's like, apparently this, everything with Neverland works according to Narnia rules because no time seems to have passed. Because, right. like, with the first movie, yes, it's obvious that it takes place in the same night. But with this one, it was, like, there was this time limit, like, specific oh, like... about her having to leave. Mm -hmm. And they were gone for so long that it really stood out to me, the fact that she came back on the same night. Yeah, that was kind of, again, confusing to me. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of all the things, is the least big deal. Like, it can be Narnia <laughs> rules. I don't I don't mind. It can be Narnia yeah. rules. Yeah, well said. <laughs> but yeah, she wakes up in her room, same night that she was kidnapped. Then she goes and apologizes to Wendy and her brother. And she tells Danny everything that happened. Well, Wendy goes out to look up at the sky. And she meets Peter and Tinkerbell again. And apparently there are no hard feelings between her and Tinkerbell because Tinkerbell seems happy to see her again. Yeah, Tinkerbell is very gracious. <laughs> Go figure. 
I did like that they had a moment with Wendy at the end. That was kind of nice. It would have been more poignant if it had been Catherine Beaumont, of course. But right, exactly. I think that's probably the only part that I that was kind of heartwarming. You know, literally mm-hmm. for me, like, oh yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, the World War II stuff was interesting in the beginning, as we discussed, but that was a nice. That was actually was a nice moment. I'm glad. That, I'm glad they included that, and I'm glad that I was alert. <laughs> that happened but i wasn't mm-hmm. already just in the complete brain frog like oh my goodness get this movie over <laughs> yeah so then danny and jane come up with her and watch them leave and as peter and tinkerbell are leaving their father is returning from the war and that's basically the end i, w- I wonder if that means that they don't have to leave i don't know <laughs> I wondered about that too. Maybe that's a, an assumption I made, but who knows if that's, you know, really, let's say that it is, huh? <laughs> like the dad's home because the war is, you know, to a point that, you know, he could yeah. come home and, and the kids don't have to leave. Yeah. But. And then that's basically the end, except I also wanted to make note of the fact that over the credits, do you believe in magic starts playing? <laughs> Which is like, I mean, thematically, lyrically, it fits. Sure. But tonally, it's like wildly out of place. It's just like, (laughs) it's so out there. I, you know, yeah, I, I was kind of, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't just like super offended, but it was just like. No, I I laughed. I wasn't offended. I was just like, this is so weird. It's so weird. But I thought that the, uh the drawings you know the art that they yeah. were bouncing around was charming you know because yeah. again that's because I, I love this i love these characters so much mm-hmm. and in a way in a strange way that was the best part of the movie <laughs> <laughs> for me other than you know the scene with you know wendy and peter pan at the end then yeah uh, i mean because it's a fun cover of do you believe in magic that they were playing Mm-hmm. but if not or was it the actual original you know um i'm not sure i should have looked uh, it up yeah I, I, I don't think it matters but it because it, it sounded similar enough it was that... bb mac okay uh so, i wonder if know, that was i wonder if that was used on a disney mania album because <laughs> i recognize the name bb mac i probably... wouldn't be surprised yeah <laughs> they, they might have been one of the artists who was on one of those albums i thought that art was really cute you know that they had done of all the characters and the way they were bouncing around yeah, the, the the I I love it when credits do something different than just scrolling words on a black screen. Yes. So this this had some great credits. But still, you know, you paid a price to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, I hate to be such a jerk, Jonathan, about these about these cheap calls. It just to me is they're so frustrating because the the originals are so wonderful and i mm-hmm. just felt like the these cheap goals really diminished yes the value and the meaning of the original mm-hmm. like I, normally i don't have a problem with sequels like sometimes i like sequels a lot yeah but when yeah. they t- when they do a sequel to a movie that was so long ago it yeah. just kind of feels disrespectful to the original mm-hmm. at this point it's like make a new version of the story and then make a sequel to that mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of making a it's sequel true. to a movie where the almost the entire cast has passed away like literally yeah. no one from the original movie 
other than Catherine Beaumont. Catherine Beaumont, who they like didn't use. Everyone else (laughs) is not involved. Yeah, yeah. It just it's a weird choice. I agree. And I'm I'm glad that we are no longer getting movies like this. You know, I'm really glad that those days are over. I hope they never come back. Although, you know, I've got my own issues with these remakes, these um realistic CGI remakes. But um I, I feel like I'm more easy on them than most. I would say that most of them do not need to exist, but if they're gonna if they're gonna make another movie I prefer the remakes to these direct-to-video sequels. Oh, yeah. I would much and... rather they remake Bambi than they give us a, a Bambi 3. Yeah, they could exactly. potentially have done. Cinderella 4. You know, <laughs> the... Uh, but, I, yeah, because they typically throw a lot of money at these. I mean, they're... Yeah. They bring in, a, they bring in A-list directors, you know, and, and great cast, and, and then and they, for, they fork out a lot of money. So... Not to, that, to middling it results, good. it doesn't yeah. feel like it's worth the results usually that they get. Exactly, but I I, I agree with you. It's like too bad they couldn't have done a, like some kind of a new Peter Pan story, and then kind of took it down that took yeah. it down that road. Oh well, I got to tell you, and I think we'll probably talk about this in the future. Jake and the Neverland Pirates is so much more fun than than this movie. Oh really? <laughs> I think I haven't watched it yet. I have my list that I want to watch before we well, record anything know, it about it. Well, you know, it's made for preschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's you know, it's all about let's count together and you know let's problem solve and stuff. But okay. um, I knew it was for little kids. Yeah, which is why I didn't figure we needed to spend a ton of time on it. But I wanted to like get a good sampling of it. I just haven't had time to watch them. Yeah, well, I I was able to watch it just a, a little bit. I did, and I I had seen some of it before, but I really hadn't. And I don't want to, you know, go down the road necessarily. But it just was saying though, because it was it was a fresh take on on these characters. Mm-hmm. And Corey Burton's back to voice Captain Hook, and actually so is um Jeff Jeff Bennett, Bennett to yeah. voice Mister Smee. Yeah, but the you know I think it's a fun way to interact with with those characters versus this movie, which just. Mm-hmm is is so uh disjointed and and um again just re- just kind of just unnecessary yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what i think of it yeah i'll be anxious to hear hear what you think it'll probably be one of those things where it's fine but i i don't know that it will make me want to watch the entire series <laughs> oh i mean there's no way i mean i could you know <laughs> as again i i'm so beyond not you know not being the target audience but yeah uh, i just thought if we're gonna have if just to you know just to, i think to or to prove your point that if we're gonna have another peter pan thing let's just do kind of a a fresh take and kind of take it down down its own Mm-hmm. different path rather than you know a remake of a, of a beloved story that really didn't need a remake mm-hmm. yeah it'll be interesting In to see what opinion. i think of the remake too because i have not yet had a chance to watch it i figured i'd I, wait until i've watched it before we get to it i figure i'll just wait and watch it sometime closer to when we record yes. that episode yeah i had some time and i was i've just been super curious so i i i, I watched it so again, looking forward to our <laughs> discussion with you. <laughs> yeah, we will be back. Well, probably for people listening very soon, probably in the next episode to talk about one of the other things that we've just been talking about. 
<laughs> so until then, do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Yes. On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. And I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Okay. Well, until next time, we will see you then. Thanks for listening to every version ever. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and follow my co-hosts as well. My link tree and all of our links will be in the description below. If you want more of my content, all my podcasts are available on YouTube as well as most podcast platforms. If you enjoyed this show, check out one of the other podcasts or check out my Patreon for bonus and extended episodes you won't find anywhere else. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.